0: Hello and welcome to the Magnetic Woman podcast. I'm Pandora Paloma, a quantum transformation and business coach using a fusion of spirituality meets strategy for feminine leaders, spiritual entrepreneurs, and visionaries. My mission is to help female entrepreneurs find their truth and step into their greatness boldly and unapologetically and create businesses that feel like home. I help women access and accelerate their magnetism by bridging the gap between who they truly are and who they present as to the world, because from this space of wholeness, we find our power, our potential, our voice, and our liberation. This show is for the multidimensional woman with a big, bold vision for more wealth, more impact, more expression, and more freedom. Each episode takes you on a journey of expansion across my five pillars of quantum transformation self, vision, expansion, embodiment, and magnetism. Some are solo and some are with industry leaders who are playing the same game, changing the conversation about women's success, money, power, and pleasure. I'm a mum of one, music lover, lovemaker, and all-round magnetism activator. Tune in and welcome to my world of magnetism welcome to this episode of the Magnetic Woman podcast. I'm really thrilled to have today's guest with me today. The lovely Amy Rushworth, an empowerment mentor, educator, and breathwork healer, someone I've followed for some time and am always spying on with her delicious life in Mallorca, which for many of you who know me well enough know that that is the place that my soul is calling me to. So welcome, Amy.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, such a pleasure. And why don't you start by sharing a little bit about you and who you are and the magic that you bring to the world.
1: Yeah, where do I start? So uh, the way I'm currently describing it is uh, I'm I'm helping women to enter their big how dare she era. Uh, that involves helping women to unleash and reclaim their unapologetic power, their voice, their confidence, also their sexuality, because that's one of the areas that I also teach and educate in. Basically, all the naughty topics that we're taught to sit up, uh, sit down, and shut up about, or be ashamed about, or not talk about. Those are the conversations that I kind of live for, and. Uh, I do this through a mix of different modalities that I offer, things like rebirthing breathwork, but also mentorship, coaching, different somatic tools that help us get beyond that surface level mindset of what it is to be a confident woman and to really get down like on our hands and knees to the, you know, the roots of why we feel that shame or the reason why we don't feel we can show up unapologetically and we kind of like de-weed those roots. So that's kind of the essence of what I do. And um, I'm always asked about my story and why I got into it. I mean, I used to be the total opposite of unapologetic. I seemed like one of those women who was confident on the outside. People would have described me that way, but I really loathed myself. I didn't feel confident on the inside at all. Lots of trouble with using my voice, setting boundaries. And I ended up in a pretty dark place in my early 20s with PTSD as a result of some of those deep roots that I hadn't addressed. So my journey really came from my own healing pathway and addressing all my traumas and all the things that were holding me back and Yeah, now I get the gift of being able to serve women and help them to do the same.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that story or versions of that story will resonate with so many women who are listening to the podcast and it certainly does for me. I suppose there's always those key turning points, aren't there, that get us to where we are today and without them, we wouldn't be where we are because it was the experience that we needed to learn and grow and evolve. Is there any one key kind of experience or moment that really was the biggest turning point for you?
1: There's been so many, but I mean, really where it began for me was a pretty crazy rock bottom. And that's my story, but I'm a firm believer that you don't have to hit that rock bottom to reinvent your life. But that was my experience. I mean, I was in therapy with suicidal ideation. I. Didn't really know what was wrong with me, and uh, turns out I had PTSD. So I've basically been living with undiagnosed PTSD since I was about ten, and uh, I guess no one picked up on it because the way that I coped and the way that I survived was by becoming a perfectionist. You know, becoming the daughter that no one ever had to worry about when really, like, someone probably should have been worrying a lot about me, Um, and so for me, that was a really big turning point, like getting into traditional therapy, which is where I began. Because to take that leap was to really say, like, I am going to heal my life. And that was a big deal because I'd lived my whole life completely disassociated from my emotions, from any feelings at all. And basically running away from myself. And so that was a really big turning point because I was no longer running away. It was like facing myself head on in the mirror and being like, something has to change and I'm going to take that step to change my life.
0: Yeah. One of the, one of the hardest journeys, but Always kind of the most delicious when you get through the other side. And, you know, I really want to speak to the kind of those death and rebirth cycles with you today. I know that we're going to explore, you know, what it is to be unapologetic. Um, but I thought it would be interesting for my audience to start with how this has been explored for you and I'm I'm interested specifically in the last year, knowing that, you know, 2022, from what I saw from, you know, what you were sharing in the online space was really significant death and rebirth year for you. So what has that looked like, like really standing into that apolog- unapologeticness, and, um, yeah, you know, just shedding the layers.
1: Yeah. 2022 was pretty fucked. Um, <laughs> I I've spoken to a lot of people who said the same, you know, and I've sort of lovingly nicknamed it the Great Dissolving of 2022. I had a really good year in 2020 and 2021. Uh, These were the beginnings of my Saturn return and I was actually really loving my Saturn return. I was like amazing. I've like suddenly become so successful. I've totally superseded so many goals that I had and they were happening really quick, happening really quickly uh, with a lot of ease. All the hard work that I'd done had started to pay off, and it was that tipping point. and then twenty twenty two came, and on paper, everything was good. And then I just went into some kind of existential crisis. And I'm really only feeling complete with that now. Uh, I just started feeling um new levels of imposter syndrome started coming out. and, I didn't notice that it was imposter syndrome. I wasn't naming it as that. I just was feeling not good. I was not feeling confident in the way that I'd been feeling confident for so many years. I started struggling with patterns that I hadn't, you know, met with for a very long time. And I kind of went into a little shell and into self doubt, uh, which is, ironic and perfect because all the things that I was dealing with are the things that I teach on and that are staples in my work. So uh I guess maybe some of that imposter syndrome came out because of all that success that I had created. Uh, Wondering, you know, these, these typical things that come with imposter syndrome, such as, do I really deserve this? Have I tricked people into thinking that I'm good at what I do and maybe I'm not? Am I going to be found out? And this was compounded by the fact that end of 2021 and last year, a lot of, uh, you know, sort of dialogue started coming out against the coaching industry, against the spiritual industry, uh, trying to sort of take people down or cancel them. And so the outside was exacerbating and kind of poking the hornet's nest of what was already going on internally for me um but I really allowed myself to embrace being in that kind of stickiness for a long time I actually stopped selling and launching anything for most of the year I let my income go massively down and I also watched what that did to my inner world and my self-worth as that worth started going down and I couldn't like clutch to it for the validation. And um, I think it was really healthy. I am now feeling the most me that I've ever been. I think I had to address some of those things and come out stronger. And I also knew the entire time, like, this is my life path. I'm a 3-5 in human design. So death and rebirth is the name of the game. And um, I'm not afraid to die metaphorically, metaphysically, because I know that I always come back. I rise so much stronger and with new layers of wisdom and awareness. Um, but it can be pretty scary or confronting when you're in it, for sure.
0: Yeah. And I truly believe and there's such, you know, deliciousness in that spiritual practice and trust that if you're trusting in divine timing and trusting that this is meant for you and that anything that's meant for you is not going to be passing by you. For me, it's always been that like, okay, let's do this, you know, and like (laughs) just trust in the trust itself that you're going to be okay and that everything's going to be okay. You know, even if you can't see that yet, Um, what were some of the tools that you were using? I mean, I'm going to say tools, but also what was, you know, what were you playing with in terms of consciousness to support
1: you during that time? Well, I think it actually began because of healing that I was doing. So around February, March time, I hired two different hypnotherapists. I just like, I'm such a person of excess. Sometimes I was like, I want this one for this. I want this one for that. I couldn't choose. And they were both kind of different. So I was working with both of them at the same time doing quite deep work. So it was a lot. And I went to them with the goal of help me uncover any money blocks that I have right now, because I'm On a really big money trajectory at the moment. I'd made a lot of money the year before and I kind of wanted to like buy a house and I had these business goals for 2022. And so I was like, I better make sure that I'm not going to get in my own way and I can make this shit happen. Uh, And what actually happened was something completely different. Like when we went down into my subconscious and we were playing with what was going on there this reason that had led me there was this massive distortion. Like I was seeking some of my significance through uh, financial milestones and through how people saw me as being successful. And so what I went for was not what I got, but what I got was something so much better and so much more. But it didn't feel good to address that. I think the thing with death and rebirth is that we know that it's going to be in service to us. We have a higher self or a part of us that's like, okay, I know it's all going to work out, but I also want to normalize that there are other voices that are going on in that process that are like, fuck this. (laughs) I want to burn it all down. I want to go live in the woods and never come out. You know, When is this going to end? Um, So that was happening for me. And uh, the healing process was what instigated that. Bigger wave of healing. Um, I also, uh, this isn't a healing tool, but something I also did was I took a really long break from having a business coach. I was not following really anyone in the industry who was talking about business things. I really came back into my own bubble so that I could hear myself, so that I wasn't being influenced by voices outside of me and I could get in touch with the voice inside of me. So for me, that was, I think, one of the most healing things, even though, you know, there's so many amazing me- methodologies and modalities out there it was like, the healing was coming back into my truth and removing the noise that was inhibiting me from hearing that.
0: Yeah, I'm really hearing you. I'm finding myself really looking at, I've just moved like all of my clients from Voxer to Slack so that I can be on my desktop. But then when that's closed, like trying not to be on my phone, trying to cut out all the noise. And I was saying to a friend the other day, it's like, I find myself just sat on my meditation mat and like, I'm just going to do nothing for an hour. Because it's just what I'm being called to do. And in terms of like, you know, what do I need? How can I be in of service? It's like, just go be still. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll just go do that then. (laughs) Versus why don't get a mentor? Why don't have this? Why don't have this? And actually there's something very powerful about stripping it all back and simply being in the presence of oneself, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of my mentors who uh, taught me and certified me in rebirthing breathwork, I love her. She's really wise. And she often speaks to The power of simplicity. And that really was what I needed. That was the healing medicine. I needed to simplify things and to just also come back to the simple pleasures and gratitude of my life. Like so much of the insecurity, the feeling like I was dying, the imposter syndrome, the perfectionism is rooted in this idea of. I'm not enough. And sometimes that pattern then externalizes itself as, okay, I need to fill my life with more. I need more clients. I need uh, more people liking my shit on Instagram. I need more modalities in my toolkit so I can be an even better healer, even though I've already got like 10, you know, that, that feeling of not wanting to be empty for a while is very uncomfortable. And I think simplicity in itself is healing and just also remembering to be fucking grateful for all the beauty that is already here in your life. It's really easy to feel scarce when there's no reason to be scarce. Absolutely, absolutely. And
0: it's funny, I was speaking to my partner the other day and saying to him, you know, sometimes because we live apart and we often don't see each other for a whole week at a time, I said, you know, sometimes it's almost like the phone gets in the way because we're trying to find words for something that doesn't need words. It's like in that moment, you just need me to hold you or him hold me, but we can't do that, you know? And I think that's, there is simplicity and we need nothing in this moment apart from that connection and that embrace, you know? And I think that's the same for ourselves in that healing journey, instead of looking for the thing that might support us, it's actually you know, just simply being within, you know, being with and, and it is within, you know, yeah. um, I'd love to develop into kind of speaking to the online space. And from my point of view, you know, I feel like as business owners, as leaders, um, as teachers and educators and mentors, we're, we're always reclaiming our voice. You know, there's, there's so much more, um, as we grow and evolve as humans and, you know, as, as coaches, do you agree? And and how has your own, what has been the journey of your own kind of reclamation of your voice, you know, over the period of time that you've been in service?
1: Yeah, it's always, uh, leveling up in some way you know i'll often think wow i feel so unapologetic right now and then 6 months later i'll be like wow like i'm even more of that now you know um but also it's something i'm always looking to it's a north star how can i bring more of my true self my authentic expression How can I embody even more comfort and peace within myself when I make a mistake or I say the wrong thing? Or, you know, after I do a massive project and I think about how it went. So I think it's an ever evolving onion that's like layer by layer by layer by layer. I don't know if you ever get to somewhere where you're like, yeah, you know, I made it with this. I think when you're someone who's committed to growth, there's always a way in which you can grow or deepen that journey of claiming your voice. For me, it was my biggest wound though. That's probably why it's a doorway to a source of power for me. I mean, in astrology, my uh, Chiron is in Leo in the 11th house, which is all to do with like the fear that you're not valuable and recognized and talented. And the 11th house is to do with, uh, feeling like the black sheep and feeling like you have unconventional ideas that like society will ostracize you for. Um, and so it's this thing of feeling like you have to fit in, but not feeling like you ever fit in. Um, so for me, that's always a wound that is alive for me. Uh, but when you're like, look at Chiron in astrology. what it is is you take your deepest wound and you turn it into healing medicine for others. And so that's why I keep like meeting myself in that wound, and that that wound is like a staple of what I do in the world, you know, helping other people with this. Um, and so I think, so you know what I'm thinking? Something I wrote the other day was embodiment and integrity isn't about the absence of a wound. It's how you walk with the wound that makes you an embodied teacher. And uh, I think a lot of coaches, healers, teachers, they get really hard on themselves, you know, because they think, oh, you know, if I'm a self-love coach and I'm struggling to love myself, I'm out of integrity. It's like, no, how you are walking with that experience is what is allowing you to be an amazing teacher because you have touched the emotions that you're helping other people to heal, you have a visceral experience of what it means to walk with that wound. And so me reclaiming my voice is me touching my own wound constantly and asking how can I better hold myself in this so that I can share that information, that wisdom, that atlas with other people.
0: Yeah. It's it's like the you know, to, to be successful is to live without fear. And it's like, no, no, no. no. Sweetheart. It's, it's to walk with it and to hold it because at every single stage of business, it's going to be there, you know? So it's that capacity piece, isn't it? Of holding the polarity. And yeah, I really love that. I really love that. I hadn't planned to ask this question, but it's, it's something I get asked a lot. And I, I think it'd be really interesting to, to have your take on it, but the question I often get asked is like, how much of myself can I, you know, should I be showing online? And I mean, my response is always like, well, you know, you are so beautifully multidimensional. You know, I don't even know myself a lot of the time because I'm growing and evolving and, oh, I used to think that and now I think this and, oh, I used to like wearing that and now I don't like wearing that. And, you know, I almost feel like we get to choose which parts of ourselves we show online and you know, but that can often feel edgy for people. Because, but if I'm authentic, then what parts should I show? And I'm wondering, kind of, how do you? What's your take on that? Of kind of how much of ourselves should should we? I mean, I hate the word should, but do we get to show up? You know, show online, and you know, knowing that it's safe also to hold parts of us back.
1: Yeah, I think whenever we express that word should. It's a pretty good signpost that there's some kind of invisible rule book that we think we have to play by or some exam that we have to get right. And I don't think that there's a universal answer. And I don't think that that answer is going to be the same for every person at every single season of their life. You know, I, I have amazing friends who I think would just be so bomb on social media, like so amazing. And they just don't roll that way. It doesn't energize them to share everything in their life. Whereas I often share quite a lot or I have seasons of that and I love it. It gives me a lot of energy to do that. I guess you got to check in with, first of all, experimenting and then seeing how you feel about it like seeing how your energy feels after you do that and that doesn't mean that you'll always feel amazing immediately cuz it is uncomfortable to be vulnerable but maybe after that discomfort settles you think you know what that made me feel really proud of myself and loads of people message me and reflect that same feeling and so that can be an energetic sign that wow, okay, cool. Sharing a little bit more feels good. You know, that feels in service to what I want to do in this world. Um, But also, you know, some people are really introverted. And so you have to honor that. I don't think that there is any rule when it comes to this, but if helping people and expanding your self-expression muscles is something that's important to you. I think that experimentation is how you find your own answer. Mm, And you touched on the
0: word season, like Mm. there's seasons of business, you know, as a visibility, well, a coach who specializes, you know, partly in visibility. It's like there's seasons that you're going to want to feel visible, like you have seasons in your cycle, you know, like catch me in autumn, winter, and I'm like, who am I? What, what do I have to say today? Nothing. Oh God. You know? And I'm yeah. so used to it now that then in summer I'm like, guys, I've literally got like 20 things to tell you. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and that's also okay, you know, and you'll have yeah. months where you feel less like being online and, you know, and then months where you, you've got so much to say and it's all perfect in divine timing, you know? Um, Something you just reminded me of as well. It was a reel that you did, which is like the introvert on a night out or something like that. Because I'm an introverted extrovert. Like I'm really like confident with, you know, with friends, but within the, you know, within the boundaries of like, I need to be home by 10. And once I'm done, I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. So spot on of like, I want to go out. Oh, I'm not sure. Oh God, I'm glad to to be around people. Can I handle this? You know? And then, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'm like the... The introverted extrovert, the extroverted introvert, but I am a mental projector. And so there are certain um dynamics that really drain my energy. So, for example, like I I much I thrive better in really deep one-on-one connections. And because I have that black sheep thing going on with my chiron, I always kind of Just a little bit judged myself because I never had one solid group of girlfriends. You know, when you see girls and they've been friends their whole life and it's like the group. And I always moved around a lot and I've lived in different countries and I never had that. But then I realized actually, I really like having deep connections. And it doesn't have to be that we're this one group, even if sometimes we get together, I bring people together and i also find small talk really draining um and i'm i'm picking up on people's energy and sensations when i'm sitting in a big room of people and so yeah. you know for me i quite enjoy um online expression because i can still stay in my energy bubble but share with thousands of people at a time and and the same with my podcast and podcasting so sometimes people aren't actually afraid of that visibility or sharing. Maybe it's just how do you want to share that honors your energy, you know?
0: Totally. I'm nodding along because you've just, yeah, that's me down to a T as well. Like I, I love going out dancing and I love dinner parties where I can get into deep conversation with people, but put me into like you know, I've just recently had like a 40th birthday party. And I'm like, I can't really talk to anyone because it's quite loud. I can't really dance yeah. because people are trying to talk to me. And I just, my energy just basically disperses to the entire room. And I'm like, I'm so tired. And then, you know, I found myself like in the corner with my partner, just like, you know, having a, a deep and meaningful, because that was my way of like creating my safety in this like yeah. room full of people. And, you know, gosh, years ago, I would have really judged myself for that. And now I'm like, that is just who I am and how I roll. And I'm okay with that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I had dinner last night with a friend of mine and her and her partner had come round to our house for New Year's Eve and I had a party. And at some point, in the night, I think maybe she was going to leave or she she was just looking for me and I wasn't there. And she asked my husband, where's Amy? And he was like, she would have just gone up to bed to go to sleep and just not said goodbye to anyone. And she was laughing about it with me last night. And she said, I just loved that you did that so much. It was the most unapologetic thing. There was all these people at my house and I do this every time I have a party because I know when that energy switch has gone off... Everyone, especially if they're drinking, will be like, don't go to bed, don't go to bed. And I just don't have any energy left for that conversation. So I'm like, you guys know that I love you. I invited you to my house. But when I'm going to bed, I'm going to bed and I'm not going to warn you. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of people would be afraid to do that because I guess maybe some people think that's really rude. It's not my intention, but it's just sometimes you just gotta be unapologetic about what you need. Yeah
0: wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. I love this. So I've worked with hundreds of women um, over the many years that I've been coaching and I'm sure you have as well. And something that has come up time and time again is that fear of being misunderstood, fear of being judged or at worst, fear of being cancelled online. Mm. Is this something you've personally moved through and what advice do you give Two women who might be holding this fear, which I'm adding in brackets here, is totally normal. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, as I mentioned, my Chiron in astrology is that wound. It's feeling like the black sheep, feeling like you're going to be ostracized, canceled, exiled from society for having unconventional ideas, perspectives, lifestyle. And I just do it anyway. So it's very easy maybe to look at someone who expresses himself very confidently, lives unconventionally, is very bold. Like the other day I was at this women's circle and this woman was saying to me, I love your work, but it's so provocative. You know, pe- people think I'm provocative. Um, and I have that fear. That's my deepest wound because your chiron is your deepest soul wound in this lifetime. And so maybe if that like, resonates to you, understand that the fear isn't a reason or a block to not do it. The fear is just something that you get to courageously walk with. And that's what courage is if there was no fear there for you, it wouldn't be courageous for you to do it. It would just be another day in your life. Yeah. You know? So if on the other side of that fear is something that you want. So if you want to blaze your own trail, you want to love being the black sheep in our society. You want to do things differently to how everyone around you does them or how your family expects you to do it. The fear isn't... The fear isn't an excuse, right? The fear is scary, but the fear is also pointing you towards what you want. And so you can say, do I want to choose my comfort zone and remain here? Which is a great payoff in the short term, but what's the long-term cost? And I'm I, am I willing to pay that long-term cost? And the long-term cost is not living your life for you. It's being on your deathbed one day and being like, I wish I did all these things and regret. So sometimes you just got to weigh up that short-term payoff and the long-term cost and make a firm decision about what comes next for you. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. And,
0: you know, I think one of my, one of my own journeys has been being really comfortable with being misunderstood and Mm -hmm. that's become easier and easier and easier the more that I've been like but I understand me and also it's safe for us to have polarizing um ideals on things and still come back to that sense of oneness you know if I'm okay with that then it's enabling me to be okay with that like oh you've got a differing opinion cool You know, versus bringing judgment to that, it's actually supported me in that process of being able to be misunderstood or feel safe in the fact that I might be misunderstood, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that there's a lot to explore. I think especially like you were saying in your own journey where you know you're growing into different layers or versions of success and i think every kind of layer that you every next layer that you meet there's there's more of that like oh what what could or might people think of me so but you know you you know you you know and actually mm-hmm. the more you understand yourself um often the easier it is to feel okay with being misunderstood by others right
1: yeah definitely i mean One of the biggest things that I think people are afraid of at the moment is cancel culture. And even though they don't agree with cancel culture, they think that it's really fucked up and they think like, oh my God, what is our society coming to? But then they're also afraid of it, which is a really valid experience. I've totally been afraid of that. What I've started to realize more recently is that if you don't want a world that is caught up in an ideology where human beings are disposable, where everyone has to think the same way, which is like a totalitarian society, then you having a different opinion, having healthy disagreements with people, knowing who you are, being willing to have an unpopular opinion because it's how you actually feel, believe and think, you're actually stopping that, Kind of ideology from taking over our society and like damaging the next generation. And so it, that kind of inspires me because I don't know, it ignites like a Joan of Arc energy inside of me where I'm like, this isn't just about me and my ego. Do I want society to be in this way of binary thinking? And do I want to be a slave to that? Or do I want to understand? And have a really holistic awareness of what are my opinions, what do I believe, what are my values, and stand by that and have healthy discussions with people because that's how society becomes balanced, right? It's not because we all think the same thing, it's we find that middle ground and that harmony between polarizing opinions, and that creates that balance in our world. So, Sometimes it's just helpful to think of that bigger picture. Yeah. And um, you know, fight for the things that you do believe in and don't let people having a tantrum on the internet like derail the things that are important to you.
0: Or the potential of someone having a tantrum on the internet, right? Because often we're yeah. fearing something that may not even happen. And yeah, I, I I call this kind of in my work like being the voice the voice of the future. You know, for past generations who didn't get you know to have a say, didn't get to use their voice for you know now the now, and also for future generations because nothing changes if nothing changes, right? Mm. Yeah, totally beautiful. So. Let's talk then, leadership, entrepreneurship, and the online space. There's been massive changes. You know, we've spoken to a few of them in the last couple of years. What do you think we are leaving behind, and what do you think is the new way in the online space and the online business world?
1: Well, specifically in you know online coaching, spiritual leadership, feminine business, kind of world, I think that, buyers are buying differently. I think people are not falling for the same old shit and snake oil. Um, I mean, of course, that's probably still going to keep happening, but I do think things are shifting. I think people are wanting the value of what they're paying for and not just empty promises or lifestyle marketing. And, uh, you know, I think that's probably part of the inspiration behind some of the cancel culture in the industry is like, there is genuine, um, dissatisfaction or shitty things that have happened to people. Um, you know, I don't agree with cancel culture, but I can also understand like if people feel that they've been harmed or hurt and they don't know how to use their voice, Like it can be a very appealing bandwagon to jump on and to try and get that power back in some way, right? So I think that people are hopefully going to start moving into more of that discernment. And then hopefully also the leaders in this industry are going to understand like, okay, like I have a position of leadership and responsibility here. And while people have to be self-responsible as buyers, I also need to like be in integrity. And, um, you know, when people put their trust in me, I need to not abuse that trust, you know? So I think things are getting like cleaned up a little bit, which is amazing. Um, And I also think that, Yeah, I also think that qualifications and like being in your scope of practice, things like that are starting to become more and more important and considered sacred. And I think that that's going to have amazing like ripple effects in the industry as well.
0: Yeah, I'm loving that and agreeing with, you know, nodding along to everything you're saying. Thank you. The last and final question I have for you Amy is um something I ask all of my guests. So what is being a magnetic woman? What does it mean to you?
1: Being unapologetically yourself, of course, that's my answer. Yeah. So I think like if you think of a magnet, right? A magnet magnetizes, but it also has that repelling force, right? When it's not the right thing to be magnetized. And so I think that that's what it means to be magnetic. And in that same breath, it means that you are going to be repulsive to some people and magnetic to others. And that's what happens when you are unapologetically, bravely, authentically you is that you're going to be someone's favorite cup of tea and someone else is going to vomit in their mouth, right? And it's like being okay with that and being willing, I guess, to be disliked or have people be indifferent to you because other people love you and just feel so seen in your presence and you inspire them so much. You know, to me, that's what it is to be magnetic and that can also mean being polarizing, yeah, I love it. It's making me feel super fuzzy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. Thank you. I adore you. You're amazing.
1: Where can people find you? Well, thank you for having me and to your listeners for tuning in. I am on Instagram. My Instagram is this is Amy Rushworth. um also the Amy Rushworth show on Instagram, which is my podcast. and uh, all my cool shit is on my website, amyrashworth.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you.